Today, Kinderlech is the 15th of Tammuz. It is the yard site of the great tzaddik Reb Chaim ben Atar. He wrote a very famous sefer called Or Chaim. Many people call him the Orachaim HaKodesh, the holy Orachaim, because he was a really, really big tzaddik. The Orachaim used to live in Morocco, in Africa. And um, in Morocco, the Orachaim was working as a jeweler. You know what a jeweler is? Somebody who makes jewelry. Not the jewelry that you see your mom is wearing or your grandmother is wearing, your bobbies or aunts. This is the kind of jewelry that the Orachayim would make. He would take gold and melt it, and then he would put it into a shape, like a beautiful, beautiful jewelry, and he was very, very good at doing it. The jewelry the Orachayim HaKadosh made was the most beautiful in the whole country of Morocco, and everybody heard about it including the king of Morocco, heard that the Reb Chaim ben Atar, this great tzaddik, makes the best and the nicest gold jewelry. Now the Or Chaim, because he was a great tzaddik and a big, big Talmud Chacham, he, he only wanted to learn Torah. He really didn't want to work and make money. But he didn't want people to give him money. He wanted to make money from his own work. He wanted to work for a living, to make money. So he worked only what he needed to live. And he didn't, he didn't need a lot to live. He lived in a very simple house. And all he needed to eat is a little piece of bread and some water. He didn't eat much. And his family also, they didn't need a lot. They had clothes. So when he made some jewelry for people and people paid him, and he saw that he had enough money to live, and he still had money in his pocket, then he wouldn't work. He would just go to the base medrash, to the shul, and would learn Torah all day and maybe most of the night. Only after he saw, oh, there's no more money in my pocket. How am I going to buy food for myself, for my family? We need to eat, otherwise you're going to starve. And I need clothes. So then he went and got some more jobs he got more gold for people, people that wanted him to, everybody, a lot of people wanted him to make the jewelry for them because he was so famous. People knew that he makes the nicest, nicest jewelry. So everybody wanted him to make jewelry for them, but he would say, no, 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 I still have money in my pocket, I want to learn Torah. When the money ran out, he didn't have any money in his pocket, he had no choice. So then he would, you know, take gold and make jewelry for people and people would pay him. And when he had enough money, he wouldn't work again he would just go to the base medrash and learn Torah until again he ran out of money. Once the king of Morocco, who also heard about the Reb Chaim's incredible, credible jewelry, the beautiful jewelry that he made, and the king's daughter was going to get married, and he wanted to make for his daughter for her wedding a beautiful piece of jewelry. So he sent two servants uh, and he told them, go to the house of this rabbi, of this Rav, Reb Chaim, tell him that the king would like to pay him a lot of money so that he would make some jewelry for his daughter. And also he gave the two servants a lot of gold so that 
the Reb Chaim could make the jewelry for the king's daughter's wedding. Reb Chaim uh, welcomed the two servants and he asked them what they wanted. They told him what the king sent them to do. And he said, okay, give me the gold. And, uh, and they told him, okay, the king wants it to be ready in 10 days. In 10 days, we're coming back and we're getting the jewelry. You better have it finished by then. Chaim said, thank you very much and goodbye. No, Reb Chaim knew he still had money in his pocket. And Reb Chaim, if he had money in his pocket, he didn't do any work. He was learning Torah the whole time. Learning and davening, doing mitzvahs, but he only wanted to work when he needed to work, when he didn't have any money. So Reb Chaim took the gold, hid it somewhere, and went to the Bismedrish to learn. And learned Torah all day and all night, and learned and learned and learned. And when he came back home, he forgot completely about the gold. He forgot that the king wants him to finish the jewelry in 10 days. And if a king wants it, you don't mess with a king. You don't start up with a king because a king is very powerful. A king can kill you if he wants to, right? You better listen to a king. But Reb Chaim forgot completely. He just enjoyed the learning Torah. He had such a joy from learning Torah that he forgot completely. He had so much fun. He learned and learned and completely forgot about the gold. Ten days passed by, and the two servants with several soldiers came to get the gold jewelry. And they said, knock, knock, knock. Reb Chaim opens the door, and they say, okay, where's the jewelry? And he says, oh my, oh, forgot. Oh no, I completely forgot. I was learning Torah so much, and I didn't need any money, so I put away the gold, and I forgot to make the jewelry. So he said, oh, oh, that's bad news. We have to go back to the king now and tell him what happened. They went back to the king and told the king that Reb Chaim did not make the jewelry. He didn't even start working on it. And the king got very, very mad. And when a king gets mad, that's not a good thing because he can get mad and do terrible things. So the king sent soldiers to take Reb Chaim from his house and put him in prison. And when he put him in prison, he said, okay, now we're going to decide what to do to this Rav who did not listen to the king. And the king had in his prison, near his prison, he had like a little, like a zoo with animals, very wild, mean animals. One of the cages was in a hole. It was a cage of lions, hungry lions. Anybody that was put in there was eaten up by the lions right away because the lions were very hungry and they would eat everybody. The king decided we're going to take Reb Chaim and put him inside that cage in the ground where all the lions are and they will eat him up. Reb Chaim said, okay, they told Reb Chaim what they're going to do to him. They're going to lower him into the pit full of lions. He said, well, do you mind if I take, I go home, I get my talus and my tefillin and a few svarim that I want to learn to, and I'll go down to the pit and, and, and I'll be there just like the king wants. The soldiers, the guards started laughing so hard and they said, what? You're going to take your talus and tefillin? inside the pit with the lions? The lions are going to eat you up. You're not going to be able to put on your tefillin. What are you taking your towels and tefillin for? What are you taking your books for? 
You're going to be eaten up in a minute. Chaim says, but still, I want to take my talus and tefillin. Can I please take it? He said, okay, take it. Don't worry about it. Take your talus and tefillin. He took his talus and tefillin. He took a sitter. He took a tehillim. And he took some sfarim. And then they took him with all the stuff that he had, with the talus and tefillin in the sfarim, and they lowered him into the pit. And then they covered the hole, and they went away. The soldiers went away. Now the guard of the prison wanted to see what's happening. Hey, is Reb Chaim still there, or is he eaten up? Is he inside the belly of the lions? So there was a little window you could open up from the pit and look inside. He opened up, and he couldn't believe it. Reb Chaim had put on his talus and his tefillin, sat down in the pit, and started davening and saying Tilim with a beautiful voice, singing to Hashem. And then he took a Gemara and started learning Torah with a beautiful voice. And the lions were just sitting around him and listening. He couldn't believe his eyes. He has never seen anything like it. He ran quickly to the king and told the king, Please, I have to tell you, this Rav, Reb Chaim, is sitting in the middle of the pit and the lions are sitting all around him and they're listening to him daven and learn Torah. This is very strange. This never happened. The king said, really? I can't believe it. I have to see this myself. And so the king left his palace, went to that little cage, opened up the window and he looked inside. He saw Reb Chaim was learning and davening with his talus and tefillin and the lions are just sitting there happy and they're listening to him. So the king said, oh, he's a great tzaddik. So he told the guards to take him out and take him out with his talus and tefillin and with all this for him and to bring Reb Chaim to his palace. He wants to talk to him. So the guards took him out of the pit, brought him to the king. And the king said to him, what's going on? How come the lions are not eating you up? He says, well, your majesty, the king, I have to apologize for sorry. I forgot completely about making the jewelry. And the king said, why did you forget? I'm the king. He said, well, I learned Torah. And I love learning Torah so much that when I learn Torah, I forget about everything. I'm so focused and so learning Torah so much that I forget about everything else. I even forget to eat. I forget to sleep because I love learning Torah so much. Torah learning is so much fun because you're learning Hashem's Torah. So I forgot about your gold, but I'm sorry. But I want you to know, you're asking me why the lions didn't eat me up? Because the Torah, when you're learning Torah with great joy and excitement, and you're so happy to learn Torah, you learn Torah a lot, then the Torah comes and protects you against the lions. And that's why the lions didn't touch me, because I learned a lot of Torah. When the king heard this, he said, you know what, from now on, you don't have to make me the jewelry, and I will only be nice to you, and I will never hurt you again. And now I see that Hashem is so great, and the Torah is so great. And he said goodbye, and sent Reb Chaim home. When his wife, Reb Chaim's wife, saw the Reb Chaim coming back, she asked him, where did you go with your talus and tefillin? Oh, I just went out for a little bit, but, you know, I came back. He didn't want to tell her because she would get scared. What? He would throw into the lions? 
So he told her, yeah, I just had to go out for a little bit with my talus and fill and I came back and everything is good. And that's the end of the story.